I love children's songs. At least the ones that we call children's songs. You know, the ones that we do in our Bible drill when we're doing Bible drill. And and I'm just going to let you know, I've I've been begged and nagged by my kids for long enough, but I told them we're just about to hit the summer months when we people are traveling anyway. But at the end of this summer, I promise Bible drill will be reinstated. And we'll get to sing all these songs with the the young people together. So we're going to get that going again, revamped and and hopefully back up to speed. But I love singing those songs. I love singing them with the kids. I love singing them by myself. In fact, just this week, I happened to find my little Bible drill CD. Then those of you who are parents who got one, uh, you know what I'm talking about. And I, I shoved it in and listened to those songs and sang them all on my own this week. I love those. And one of the reasons I like them is because a lot of times those children's songs, as we call them, because we're not trying to be pretentious, because we're not trying to impress anyone, they're just simple and straightforward, and they provide sometimes the most profound and clear messages. And one of the things that I think is sad is how often those clear, profound, amazing messages get forgotten as we get older because, well, those are just kid songs. And then we get too cool to sing those songs. And now we're, we're too mature and we're beyond that. And, you know, the only, well, we, we have to sing from the adult hymnal. And I, I think it's sad. And a lot of good songs in there as well. Okay, don't get me wrong. But I think it's sad sometimes that we forget some of those very profound and clear, simple messages that we really need to remember all our lives. They were important for us to teach them to our kids. They're important for us to remember. One such song is, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. I think it's going to be that anyway. There we go. We'll have to fix the remote later. Oh, be careful. What a profound song that is, as it talks about things that should govern our lives. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. When do we get old enough that that message no longer applies? We don't, do we? And I'd like for us to think about the messages from this song tonight. And I'm going to get you to help me teach this lesson tonight as we go through it. But before we do that, would you bow with me in prayer, please? Father in heaven, we're so thankful for your love and we're so thankful for your mercy. We're thankful that you've given us your word so that we might know how to serve and honor and glorify you. We praise your name and we lift you up because you are worthy of our adoration. And Father, we pray that you would help us to be careful with our lives, to walk circumspectly, to make the most of our time because we know that the days are evil. Help us to be careful with our eyes and our ears and our mouths and our hands and our feet. Help us, Father, to walk in your paths of righteousness, to flee sin and temptation. Father, we love you and we're so thankful for your Son who died for us so that His blood could wash away our sins, so that He could remove the guilt of our lives from those times when we haven't been careful. And Father, we pray that you do not let us think that because of your grace we're suddenly free to live how we want, but help us to remember that we are to love you and honor you And to walk carefully so that we might display your light to the world around us. Father, we love you and we thank you for loving us. Through your Son's name we pray. Amen. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Psalm 101. 
Psalm 101 and verse 3. David provided a great principle for all of us to follow. In Psalm 101 and verse 3, he said, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not fasten its grip on me. What a profound statement that David makes there. He says, I'm not going to look at these worthless things because I despise them. I don't like them. I don't long for them. I don't want them. I despise them. So I don't even want to see them. I don't want to watch them. And then he made a very pointed statement. They will not fasten their grip on me. David understood something that I'm afraid we miss at times. And that is, is that when we allow our eyes to witness those worthless things, it fastens its grip on us. So how careful are we with our little eyes? How careful are we with the things that we see? Let me ask you about the movies that you watch, the television shows that you enjoy. Are you careful when you're on the Internet? Are you careful when you're walking through the mall? Are you careful when you're driving down the streets and some of the billboards that we have in our town? Are you careful with your little eyes? When we consider some of the things that we watch and enjoy as entertainment today, some of those things just shouldn't be named among us. We should not be involved in that. But as we consider the concept of television and movies and things that we look at, I realize that that I cannot really in any real sense provide you some dividing line that says this is how far you can go and you can't go any farther. We all have to work on our own line with our own understanding, but I'd just like to give you a few questions to ask as you're watching movies and television, some things to think about. So, and, and I realize even these questions are not absolutes, but maybe as you, as you consider these questions with things that you're watching, it will help us all to take a little more care. Let me ask you, the things that you're watching on television, those things that you're seeing, would it bother you more if it was your spouse or your child that was doing it? The things that we're watching on television and the movies, would those be things that we would allow somebody to actually come into our house and do so that our family could watch? The things that we're watching on television and the movies, are those things that we would invite Jesus into our home? Hey, come over and watch this with us. The things that we're watching on the television and the movies, if there wasn't a TV screen between us and what was going on, would it be wrong to be there? I'll ask you, is nudity and immorality and lasciviousness okay just because it's a small part of a great story? You know, in reality, with the modern video equipment we have, with TV Guardians, with, with the, the, the clear play DVDs, or clean play or whatever it is, there, there's really almost no excuse that we can make for watching things. Because even the great movies that we want to see, we can get edited and we can skip. So I just want you to think about those things that we watch. Think about what Job said in Job chapter 31. In Job chapter 31 and verse 1, we need to follow in Job's footsteps when he said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze on the virgin? We need to make a covenant with our eyes that we're not going to put any worthless thing before them because we don't want to allow it to fashion its grip on us. And let me assure you that it will. If we put sin before our eyes over and over again, an immorality, it will fasten its grip on us. So we need to be careful, little eyes, 
what we've seen. And now here's the point at which I want you to help me teach this lesson. We need to realize that we're not too cool to remind ourselves of this message. So if you would, we're going to sing the first verse of that song together. Are you ready? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. Now, we want our kids to learn that, don't we? Let's not forget it ourselves. The second thing that that song reminds us, not only be careful, little eyes, what you see, but be careful, little ears, what you hear. Very interestingly, at one time I went to the book of Proverbs and I just counted up about 30 references about things that we should hear and things that we should not hear. The Scripture is very concerned about what's going on in our minds and what we listen to. And so we need to ask ourselves, are we careful regarding what we hear? Think about the music that we listen to on the radio and on CDs and on our, our iPods and MP3 players. What do those songs tell us? Now, of course, you know me. I'm not really concerned about what genre it is. I realize that all of them have bad stuff, and all of them have okay stuff. But the issue is, what are the messages that we're allowing to enter our brain through our ears because of the things that we listen to? I had initially considered getting some song lyrics and sharing them with you, but I realized that it would be impossible for me to do that and maintain the sanctity and decorum of what we're trying to do here as we worship God and study His Word and try to have our hearts filled with good things. But the reality is of every genre from, from the, the mainstream to the malcontents and all forms of music, you can find songs that, that have descriptions of sexual immorality, that glorify drug use and drinking, which honor violence and describe with, with extreme descriptions violent actions, hateful and disrespectful speech, so many things. And the dangerous thing about music so often, and I've heard it from so many people, well, you know, I, I just never thought about it because I don't even pay attention to the words. And that's where music is very dangerous because if you're like me, you'll hear a song and you think, man, I love that song. That is a great song. And you're wanting to listen to it, and then all of a sudden you hear what the words say, and you're like, oh, I shouldn't be listening to that. But you've already, you've already fallen in love with the song. And so it's, it's dangerous. But, and the thing is, even if you're not listening consciously to the words, those words and those messages are getting in there. Listen, I remember uh, Tessa. She is like the police. Let me tell you. We're listening to a Nickelback song. And she said, Dad, you can't listen to this song. It talks about having cheap drugs and easy women. Well, okay, that's right. Let's get rid of that one. We, we can't, we shouldn't be listening to those kind of things. We as Christians shouldn't be allowing that to enter our minds. I wonder if she remembered that because she's been singing, Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. But you know, it's not just about the music that we listen to. In fact, there are some of us that wouldn't remotely even think about listening to any of that kind of music that we talked about. But what kind of conversations do we listen to? Gossip, slander, backbiting, hateful speech, talking about folks behind their back, lying. You know, one of the things that we need to recognize is that there are a whole lot of sins of the tongue that would be cut short if that tongue couldn't find an ear to listen. Do we allow ourselves to listen to those kind of things? 
1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33 provides us with one of the reasons why what we see and what we listen to is so important to keep those things pure. It says, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good morals. I don't know how many folks have said that the things that they listen to and the things that they hear, the foul language of their ears, oh, that doesn't bother me. The Bible says it will. Evil communications corrupt good morals. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, we find another principle. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. The things that we watch, the things that we listen to, what are they sowing in our lives? What seeds are they sowing in our heart? Because I'm just going to guarantee you what the Bible says is, when you sow to the flesh, you will from the flesh reap corruption. And if we spend our time watching whatever we will and listening to whatever we will without regard for purity and spirituality and, and, and how it fits within God's plan, seeds to the flesh will be sown. And let us not be surprised if we reap destruction from those things. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little ears, what you hear. All right. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. What kind of things should we say? I recognize that few of us here would get involved in the cursing and the foul language, in the dirty jokes that we might talk about here. But we need to recognize that those things are not the limit regarding our standard for speech. We could spend hours, we could spend several sermons probably talking about the things that we need to learn regarding our mouths, regarding what we'll say, and the kind of speech that we're allowed to have. For tonight's lesson, let's suffice to look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. Here the Bible provides a standard for us. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so it will give grace to those who hear. Our responsibility as speakers is to provide grace in the lives of those who are listening to us. Our words need to be a gift that build other people up, not tear them down. And so think just very quickly with me for a moment. What kind of speech do you know that tears other people down? Lying and dishonesty, gossip, slander, backbiting, cursing, foul language, filthy and dirty speech, dirty jokes. All of these kind of things tear people down. And when we talk about tearing other folks down, it's not just spiritual tearing down, but what about emotional tearing down or mental tearing down? Hypocritical and hypercritical judgment. Mean, malicious speech. Outbursts of wrath and anger. And it doesn't matter if the person that you're doing that to is in your family or not. These are things that we need to remove from our lives because we need to be careful with our little mouths 
what we're going to say. But think about some things that build up. The truth, love, kindness, encouraging words. Even when you ha- if you have to critique somebody, doing it constructively with love from a motivation to help people grow. The gospel. There are so many things that need to be on our mouths, that need to be on our tongues, that we need to be speaking, but we need to speak in a way that builds others up. No, excuse me, not in a way that tears others down, whether spiritually, mentally, or emotionally. We need to be careful with our little mouths what we say. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love, so be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. This, of course, is probably the most general of the statements that are made in this song that we need to remember. Matthew chapter 15 explains to us why the things that we do are so important in our Christian walk. In Matthew chapter 15 and verse 19, it says, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, slanders. These are the things which defile the man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile the man. It talks about the things that we do proceeding from the heart. And those kind of actions are things that defile us. Therefore, it matters what kind of things that we do. In Mark chapter 12, Jesus demonstrated the standard for our actions. You'll remember, He was asked, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And what did Jesus say? The first and foremost command is that we love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. And the second is like it, that we love our neighbors as ourselves. On this hangs all of the law. On this, everything that God wants us to do revolves around loving our Father in heaven and loving our neighbors around us. So what does this mean? John chapter 14 helps us understand what it means to love our Father in heaven. In John chapter 14, beginning at verse 21. John chapter 14, beginning at verse 21, it says, He who has my commandments, this is John 14 and 21, He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. And Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. We need to recognize that loving God, loving Jesus, is not some ethereal, ushy-mushy, mystical feeling. Loving the Father, loving the Son, loving the Spirit means getting into the Word and letting the Word get into us. It means opening our Bibles and studying it and learning it and living it. That's what it means to love God. Loving God does not mean having this jittery feeling every time His name gets mentioned. Loving God means knowing and following His will. Loving our neighbors. That's demonstrated to us in the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, you'll remember... He had been asked about the law. He had said that we need to love our neighbors. And the man asked, said, well, who's our neighbor? And he said in Luke 10, beginning at verse 30, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him and went away leaving him half dead. And by chance a priest was going down on that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. 
Likewise also a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. And he came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, The one who showed mercy toward him. And Jesus said, Go and do the same. This is loving our neighbor. Loving our neighbor means having compassion and doing good to whoever we can. Wherever we have opportunity, that is loving our neighbor. Putting their needs before our needs. Putting their interests before our interests. That is loving our neighbor. It's not loving whoever has done good to us. It's not loving whoever has loved us. It's loving whoever we can. Whatever opportunities present themselves taking hold of those and demonstrating the love of God to them. And then I'd like for you to remember when it comes to what our hands do, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10, it says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol where you're going. Once we get to the realm of the dead, we're not going to take part in what goes on in this world anymore. We won't be able to demonstrate in this world our love for God or our love for our fellow man. So whatever our hand finds to do, as we strive to love God and love man, let's do it with all our might. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. For the Father up above is looking down in love, so be careful, little hands, what you do. Finally, be careful, little feet, where you go. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, beginning at verse 25. Proverbs chapter 4, beginning at verse 25, says, Let your eyes look directly ahead, and let your gaze be fixed right in front of you. Watch the path of your feet, and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Turn your foot from evil. The proverbialist is pointing out how important it is where we go. Don't walk in the paths of the sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. Walk in paths of righteousness. I'll tell you, this is so important. And the reason this is important is because so many of these other things we've talked about, what we see with our eyes, what we hear with our ears, what we say with our mouth, and what we do with our hands, depends on where we have gone with our feet. If we have gone with our feet in the places where there is going to be temptation we're going to have trouble with these other four. How many of those things would have been dealt with if we had just started taking care what we, where we went with our little feet? 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22, Paul told Timothy, 
flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. These are issues of what we're doing with our feet. We're supposed to be fleeing one thing and pursuing something else. We need to be fleeing unrighteousness. We need to be pursuing righteousness. We need to be racing after it, going to places that will help us accomplish those things. That's why whenever we've got something going on with the brethren, we need to be there. Not because there's a checklist rule that we've got to attend assemblies, but because with our little feet, we need to be going places that are going to help us accomplish all of these things. Going with our little feet to places that will improve our righteousness. Think about Joseph. You know the story of Joseph. We talked about it a little bit this morning, but you remember in Genesis chapter 39 when Potiphar's wife seduced him? In Genesis chapter 39... Excuse me, at least in the New American Standard translation, I think it's interesting that it says in Genesis 39 and verse 10, as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her to lie beside her or be with her. Joseph recognized, if I, not only am I not going to lie with her, I'm not even going to be with her. I'm not going to go anywhere near her. He understood something. If he wanted to demonstrate to everybody his willpower... And spend all this time around Potiphar's wife, he understood that if he was with her, eventually he would be with her. And so instead of trying to demonstrate his willpower, he used his little feet to go away, get away from her. And one day, when by no design of his own, he ended up in the house alone with her, and she started up her seducing again, what did Joseph do? He used his little feet to flee out of the house, to get away from the temptation. And that's what we need to do. We need, with our little feet, to flee temptation. I'm reminded of the story of the preacher who told folks, he said, you know what, i got to get my weight under control. I am going to quit stopping at the Krispy Kreme every morning and bringing donuts to the office. And lo and behold, the next the next day, it was Monday morning, he got to the church building and there were some folks there and he's walking in with some Krispy Kreme. They said, what happened? He said, well, let me tell you. Here's what I decided. I, I'm, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you want me to go to Krispy Kreme this morning, you make sure the parking lot, the parking space right in front of the door is open. And, it, and if you don't, make sure it's, it's full. And he said, you know, you wouldn't believe it. It only took eight times around. It was open. But see, once again, what is it? What we're doing with our little feet. Where we're going. Proverbs again. Chapter 1 and verse 15. Talking about sinners and those who would lead us astray. Proverbs 1 and verse 15 says, My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your feet from their path. Do not walk with those who are doing evil. Young people, listen to me very carefully. I know where you go to school, there are different kinds of people. And sometimes it's cool to hang out with those people who are doing things that mom and dad don't want us to do. And when mom and dad say, don't let your feet walk in their path, it's not because they're trying to limit you, it's because they're trying to save you. And adults, we need to remember that same lesson. How many times will we tell our kids, you don't want to hang out with them, and yet we walk in the paths with folks that we know we shouldn't be spending time with. And then Proverbs 2.20, by contrast, says, Walk in the way of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. 
We need to be careful with our, our little feet where we go. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little feet, where you go. Would you agree with me that this song is, in fact, one of the most profound songs that we've ever sung? I know it's not deep. I know it's not amazing. I know when we're done singing it, it doesn't just give us jitters and chill bumps for how beautiful it is. But rather, is there any song that we have ever sung in our lives that reminds us how exactly we're supposed to live as children of God than this one that we learned as children and forgot when we got to be too cool to sing it anymore? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Brethren, let's be careful. Paul said, walk circumspectly. Making the most of your time, for the days are evil. Let's be careful.